It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six foot five frame, needing every bit of it. Oh, Hartman's still going. Inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to break down the data on the 2023 draft prospects. And so for that, we bring back one of my favorite guests. He's here every year. This is actually the sixth year that he's appeared on the show. Usually comes on around draft time first to break down the prospects before the draft and then to talk about the Jets draft class after they're done making their selections. So I'm really happy to have Jim Coburn back on the show. Jim, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me back on again, man. It's always fun talking about it's like a, a season ritual at this point, you know, <laughs> coming on to the show and talking about the the draft data and all that kind of stuff. I should mention that you should subscribe to Jim's Patreon if you haven't already because you can find all this great data and much more, way more than we're going to talk about here on the show today. As I always say, if you want to be a smarter football fan, you got to look at the analytics, you got to look at the data, and Jim has got a ton of it, especially when it comes to the draft prospects. So Jim, let's talk about those prospects, and we will begin with a position that is of particular interest to Jets fans and obviously to the Jets organization this offseason, and that is offensive line. Let's start a tackle. Take me through the tackle class here. We've heard about Broderick Jones. We've heard about Paris Johnson Jr., Peter Skronsky, who some people believe will be a guard. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that as well. And then, of course, there's other tackle prospects who could be had maybe either later in the first round or in the mid to late rounds, which could be interesting for the Jets because maybe they double up or maybe they don't take a tackle at 13. They go in a different direction and take a tackle later. So unpack the tackle class for me. Sure. Well, this is actually a pretty decent um, offensive tackle class overall. Um, when it comes to analytics at the tackle position, I know offensive line coaches hate <laughs> analytics guys, uh, mainly because they kind of look at physical metrics and just go, this guy needs to be put inside a guard or this guy needs to be a right tackle or a left tackle, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and they just go, it's not that easy. And I, I get it. It's not easy to do that transition. Uh, but in terms of offensive line, the speed score is a really important metric to look at for offensive linemen, especially at the tackle position, uh, based on data specifically, uh, offensive linemen that have a 90-plus percentile speed score typically put up an average approximate value score of 3.93 out of 100 versus players who have a below average uh, speed score. They typically only put up about a 2 approximate value uh, score. So essentially that's the difference between a player being top 80, like basically uh, top 80% at their position and a player who's really just sort of a backup and reserve player. So speed scores are really important despite people saying, you know, offensive linemen never run, you know, 40 yards, uh, you know, uh, on any given play, which makes sense. But uh, I think in terms of this class, guys that you mentioned, you know, Broderick Jones, 
I think is a good overall uh, tackle prospect, has the length that you're looking for at the position, uh, put up a 90-plus percentile speed score, and has all the sort of traits you're looking for at that position. Anton Harrison from Oklahoma is another guy, uh, again, has the length that you're looking for, you know, with 34-plus-inch arm length, and also has, again, the speed that you're looking for at the position. Um, you mentioned Peter uh, Skoronsky. Uh, being more of a guard prospect, which honestly, based on data, he kind of is. Uh, he's a guy who's undersized at the position. I think one overlooked aspect of the tackle position is height and length. Uh, and it's not really specifically dealing with length per se, because there are some tackle prospects who have like below average or average arm length that, that do well in the NFL. It kind of has to do with height, because a lot of times when guys are taller, uh, they have that the, the more leverage potential, you know, if a guy that's taller, I mean, and besides that, you know, guys that are taller usually have more length. Um, but guys who are his size, again, uh, Peter is about 6'4", 313. And at that size, most players who do really well at the tackle position have 90 plus percentile athleticism overall. And Peter does have a great explosion score of 99.44 out of 100. But his speed and flexibility score are only 76.59. Uh, to 73.09 um, out of 100 in terms of his like flexibility score, which is the last score there. So he's somebody who, when you look at him on paper and, and also arm length wise, you know, he has 32 inch arm length, which again is more in line with like a guard prospect than a tackle prospect. He just looks more like a guard. Is it going to be hard to do that transition? Absolutely. Uh, but again, if you're good at one position, you can pretty much fill in in another position and do well. So I kind of do view him more as a guard prospect than a tackle prospect just by his physical metrics. It's not to say that he can't work it at the tackle position. It's just that he's going to have limitations because he's going to have less length. He's going to have less height, uh, which is going to give him some potential you know, uh, leverage issues just because of not being the widest guy ever. Uh, another tackle prospect I really like also, Tyler Steen from Alabama, uh, another guy who has a sort of classic – uh, explosion and flexibility traits you're looking for at the position uh, with the size to match as well. Uh, Blake Freeland, I think, is another guy as well at BYU. Really tall guy, again, six foot eight, 302 in terms of his overall size and has, uh, again, really great explosion metrics. And he might end up being the best tackle from this class to be completely uh, just looking at all the data and looking at all the guys that are in this class, he definitely has a good shot to be the best out of this class due, due to his size and his length and those kind of things because he has sort of that classic tackle uh, size metrics in terms of everything else like that. And, of course, everybody also likes to talk about Dewan Jones from Ohio State, just a monster of a man uh, in terms of his size met metrics. And, uh, again, another guy that I think if you look at everything on paper with him, you're looking at somebody who is just it, size wise. It's and he has the athleticism to go with it because uh, I think a lot of times these guys that are that size, they don't they don't really have the athleticism. You know, they're average athletes, but they're really tall. They're really big. He's really big and he's athletic as well, which is a rare combination um, at, at the position. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. 
Sticking with the offensive line, Jim, let's talk about the interior. A lot of discussion about the Jets potentially taking a center. There are some good guards in here, too. Osiris Torrance from Florida is probably the top guard. But when you look at center, you've got guys like Steve Avila, John Michael Schmitz, Luke Whippler from Ohio State, Joe Tippman from Wisconsin. Talk about the interior offensive line class, because I think there's a good chance the Jets are going to pick somebody on the interior. Yeah, same thing again in terms of the interior offensive line. A lot of great prospects to choose from there. Uh, Joe Tippman from Wisconsin probably has the best chance to be the best out of the bunch uh, because he has the size, the length, and the athleticism traits you're looking for um, at the position. Uh, Ricky Stormberg from Arkansas is another guy I think needs to get a little bit more buzz uh, as somebody who has that chance to kind of take it, take it to the next level. Uh, in terms of uh, being a really great explosion, flexibility athlete. And for most of the guards in this class, again, City Sal, John Gaines, the, the second, Anthony Bradford, uh, the list kind of goes on. Uh, Steve Avila, uh, you name it. There's lots of really great guard athletes in this class. And I think in terms of the guard position, you are looking, you're probably looking at about three to four guys, uh, actually more than that, probably closer to six guys have a really good shot of becoming like a pro bowl level guard. Not to say that they all will end up being that, uh, cause there definitely is other aspects. Nastiness is, I think is one of the best, best sort of, uh, indicators, which, uh, you know, maybe, maybe one day I might make like a nastiness metric or something like that. But, uh, in terms of just pure athletes at the position, there's a lot of great, uh, guard athletes in this class and, and they all have, uh, again, great traits in terms of their, uh, overall athleticism. Jim, let's talk about the pass catchers in this draft, wide receiver and tight end. We know about some of the wide receivers, the top guys, Quentin Johnson from TCU, Jordan Addison from USC, my personal favorite, and the guy that I think may be one of the best players in the draft and has potential to be just a fantastic wide receiver, Jackson Smith, the Jigba from Ohio State, and then at tight end, Darnell Washington has been a very strong riser. He's been shooting up the boards. You take a look at somebody like Dalton Kincaid. And then, of course, we've heard plenty of talk about Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Take me through the wide receivers and the tight ends. Who do you like here, not just in the first round, but some point later on? Because it's possible that if the Jets don't go wide receiver at number 13, they could very well go receiver or tight end at some point later in the draft. Well, I'll tell you this much. In terms of the wide receivers and the tight ends in this class, I think it's actually a pretty inconsistent group. Um, and I only say that because we don't have any tight ends or wide receivers who have the it factor in terms of hitting every single metric you're looking for, which again, is not to say that's a bad thing. I mean, you're going to have players from this class end up being successful uh, in terms of the draft. So you mentioned a couple already, you know, Quentin Johnston from TCU uh, is somebody who production wise didn't really do the best in terms of his overall offensive market share data. But profile is very similar to DK Metcalf, um, has, uh, again, really great in terms of his explosion metrics. He had a 95 uh, percentile explosion uh, athleticism trait in terms of when he went through the vertical and the broad jump for his size. But when he went to the pro day, speed-wise, flexibility-wise, he's just slightly above average. He put 60 percentile scores in terms of speed and flexibility. And, again, that's the kind of big difference is DK Metcalf was a 90 percentile athlete who – kind of had some production issues, but did have some good metrics in terms of, you know, being a deep ball threat. Uh, Quentin Johnson is not that type of athlete, put up similar production. So there's a bit of risk with him. 
But I think there are some positives. Again, the great explosion score, but just doesn't have all the sort of athleticism traits you're looking for. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, I think out of this, in terms of all the wide receivers in this class, he has the best metrics out of everybody. Uh, not the best athlete overall for his size because, you know, he's six foot 176, which is a little lighter. I think the trend has be, has become wide receivers being lighter now, you know, not being as big. And, and that's just the nature of the offenses. You know, it's more of a, 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 a not, it not, not really a sprint anymore. It's more of a marathon at times, you know. It's a battle of attrition now with the offenses, you know, being more upbeat, more plays. And as a result, you're going to have guys that are going to be smaller. So I think that is definitely a trend to kind of keep a look at is everybody's going to disguise for being, you know, not being 200 pounds or above that. But I think the trend is guys not being 200 pounds anymore because they can't keep that weight on because they're running, you know, they're running so many plays. Uh, but he, again, Hyatt is another guy, has great sort of uh, production traits. Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma, I think, is one of the more underrated wide receivers out of this draft class with just great all-around athleticism traits. And he tested very similar to, you know, Garrett Wilson, again, a Jets uh, draft pick last year who turned out to be a pretty great pick overall. Uh, and I think he has similar traits in terms of his size profile, his production profile to kind of make that transition as well. Um, Jackson Smith uh, from Ohio State is a guy with Cooper Cup athleticism traits. Didn't really blow it out of the park in terms of his production. I mean, he has good production traits. He just doesn't have elite production traits. Uh, but I think he's another guy that I think in terms of his overall skill set and everything else like that, I think he'll fit in really well in the NFL. Uh, Josh Downs from North Carolina. Great slot offensive threat in terms of everything to his sort of uh, position. T very similar athleticism traits to like a Wes Welker. But again, he will have to go to the right system. You know, he's not somebody who's going to be uh, a guy that you can just be the main wide receiver threat. You kind of have to have him as sort of a complimentary threat due to his, you know, size traits. Trey Palmer is another guy out of Nebraska. I really like his speed and production traits overall. He's another guy I think is kind of underrated. But when you move towards the tight end class, I like this tight end class on paper. I just think there's a lot of question marks with them. I think Michael Mayer is the, the number one tight end on some people's boards. He had great production in college, but he didn't quite have the athleticism traits you're looking for in like a special tight end prospect. So it kind of makes you kind of think as a, as a data guy, tight end and athleticism, that, that's the main thing. You could not be the, that productive of a tight end, but if you're a great athlete, you can translate to the next level at a high level. Jimmy Graham is probably a good example of that. When he was at Miami, he was mainly just a, a touchdown threat. You know, get to the red zone, you got to worry about Jimmy Graham. Uh, and then, of course, when he went to the NFL, he went to the right offensive system to utilize his size and his athleticism traits, you know, to the next level, like with the Saints, to kind of elevate him to something special. And with Michael Mayer, he has the production traits you're looking for, but doesn't quite have the athleticism traits. When you look at a guy like Darnell Washington, great athlete, probably one of the best athletes in this draft class in terms of his flexibility for his size, because he's a giant guy, you know, six foot. Uh, seven, 264 pounds, crazy length, you know, 11 inch hand size. I mean, those are crazy, ridiculous marks of size and physical metrics for a guy like, like that at the tight end position. But when you look at his production traits, average in terms of his, you know, receiving uh, production uh, and in terms of touchdown production, he had a 30.90 out of a hundred in terms of his market share touchdowns, meaning he only made up, you know, and compared to other tight ends, he didn't make up that many uh, touchdowns for his team. So you kind of have question marks. Okay, 
you got this giant man over here who is tech he's he's just by looking at him he's a touchdown threat because of his size but he didn't produce that many touchdowns again it's just question marks with this group I, I i like the tight end position i just have that sort of question mark with a lot of the guys here and of course dalton kincaid great all-around size guy great production in college wasn't really able to do a lot of the athleticism things in the offseason so far just because of health reasons uh, so again, I like the tight end class. I think there's a lot of great athletes here. You know, Zach Koontz from Old Dominion, great athlete as well. But I just think there's a lot of inconsistencies here. So I think just to sum it up, I think the wide receiver in the tight end position, I think you're going to have guys that translate and do well, but there's not that X factor guy. You know, there's not that Calvin Johnson. There's not that Rob Gronkowski. Just from a paper perspective, on paper, you don't have that guy. You have a lot of guys that have positive traits that can become special players like there's a blueprint for them it's just that there's also a lot of busts with those blueprints uh, as well as success stories so it's kind of inconsistent in terms of wide receiver and tight end class just because they don't have all the markers that you're looking for at all these positions Jim, finishing up the offense, let's talk a little bit about quarterback and running back. Now, obviously, we don't expect the Jets to pick a quarterback or a running back at the top of the draft, but we know that Brees Hall is coming back from an injury. Michael Carter had a rough go of it last year. Bam Knight had a couple of nice games and then sort of fell off a cliff. So it's possible the Jets could grab a running back at some point in the draft. Again, we don't expect the Jets to take a quarterback at the top of the draft, but you never know if they like one later on. Perhaps they grab somebody like Jake Hayner or a day two, day three type of player. Talk to me a little bit about what you see here with the running back and quarterback classes. Well, just to start with the running back class, I think that this is a special running back class. I think based on a, from a data perspective, a ton of really, really productive guys who have the athleticism as well. You know, we've had past draft classes where the running backs were really productive but didn't really get it done in terms of their athleticism traits. And I honestly think I, I do understand the Jets do have sort of their running backs already there in Brees Hall, but I think it would be foolish not to take a running back in day three if the opportunity presents itself because of just how much talent is in this draft class. I really think this is going to be sort of a reset type running back class where you're going to be in day three of the class, you know, round five, and you're going to have options there that you might want to add uh, in terms of just different styles and different things. If you want a receiving back, for example, you have tons of options here in terms of getting guys who really just work in that sort of vein. You know, Kendra Miller from TCU kind of fits that bill. Chase Brown, uh, Jameer Gibbs, maybe a little higher drafted, of course. Uh, so it may not really fall into the Jets range again, because it would be kind of redundant to take a, a running back in day two. Uh, when you already have guys that kind of fit that role. But again, another guy I think is is kind of exciting from that kind of perspective of being a receiving back. Uh, then, of course, you have some smaller school guys that also kind of fit that bill a little bit. And Deontay McMahon from McNeese, who's another sort of uh, kind of small school guy, again, in that day three range. I think he kind of fits what the Jets might be looking for at the position uh, in terms of that perspective. Uh, and I think overall, it's just a great running back class. There's going to be guys that fall to the day three range. So again, you're not going to be able to get like a, you know, beyond Robinson, obviously, because he's going to be a sort of a round one, you know, early day two kind of prospect, Sean Tucker and uh, you know, Israel, Abana Kanda uh, is another guy, again, not really kind of in that range for you guys. But I think in terms of 
the running backs in this class and how much talent that's there and the options that are available, I think you've got to at least dip in there, at least in day three in terms of that position. And then moving on to quarterbacks, I, I think this quarterback class is decent. I kind of compare it to the 2006 quarterback class, and I have been able to do a lot of uh, more, a lot more data work to kind of get the expected approximate value stuff with the quarterback position to kind of give me a more perspective on it. And I think this quarterback class in particular is kind of similar to 2006. You know, I think there's a Vince Young in here. I think there's a Jay Cutler. I think there's those uh, type of guys where they have the pedigree, you know, like a Matt Leiner as well, you know, in that particular class, they look the part, they have all the traits you're looking for on paper, but there's nobody who really just blows it out of the water in this particular draft class. And just to give you an example, I think my favorite quarterback out of this class is CJ Stroud from Ohio state, but he also has some inconsistencies in terms of him as sort of a dual threat quarterback, which does bring a little bit of risk with him because uh, he's going to be in that sort of Carson Palmer, Peyton Manning, uh, Tom Brady type mold. And you really have to be doing your due diligence and your homework to make sure that this is the guy that has the extra stuff to him uh, to make sure he kind of hits those roles, which there's no doubt he, he probably does, but that's just the sort of question mark with him. And then of course, Bryce Young, great overall production traits and everything else like that. But again, doesn't really blow it out of the water either. So I like this quarterback class. I think if you're the Jets uh, in terms of in the day three range, there are some options for them, but not a whole lot. I I think Tommy DeVito probably is is an option sort of in day three uh, from Illinois who has some good sort of production traits. We could kind of translate that to the next level. But I kind of would avoid quarterback in that sort of range. I think, you know, once the top guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are gone, um, I think you kind of need to just, you know, stick with, you know, a veteran at the position overall. Because I think this is a okay quarterback class, but it's not a great quarterback class. It's very similar to last year's class uh, based from a data perspective. Very similar in terms of the type of uh, production uh, and the type of uh, athletes and just the overall impression here. I think it's very similar to that class. So there's going to be some good guys from it. At the quarterback position, I would probably keep Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA I think has the sort of traits you're looking for, good production traits, good athleticism traits. Uh, could be very similar to like a, a Colin Kaepernick type uh, in terms of just his overall uh, size traits and just kind of what he brings to the table in terms of his production traits. Uh, and I think another probably another guy uh, sort of in that other later range that might be a good guy to look at is, uh, you know, the, uh, the quarterback from uh, Shepard. Uh, he's another player in terms of Tyson uh, uh, Baggett. Uh, he has sort of the traits you're looking for, played at a smaller school. So you get that discount with him, uh, but he could be somebody who ends up becoming a starter at some point just because he was very productive uh, at Shepard and uh, has the sort of athleticism traits you're looking for in those other sort of things. Just he played at a small school. So it's always hard to tell how these small school guys translate just because of the, you know, that, that, being from a smaller school, it's just a lot harder for those guys to translate to the next level because there's a lot of factors you don't know because they don't play up against FBS competition. Uh, in terms of running backs, in terms of that day three range, I think, you know, Dwayne McBride is a guy to keep a look at there. Um, you know, Xavier Valade from Arizona State, 
has great overall production traits. Again, not a guy that I think is going to be a special back, but definitely has the traits you're looking for uh, to kind of translate. Uh, Zach uh, Charbonnet from UCLA is a guy that I'm just I'm just calling my shot right now. I think he's going to be a Seattle Seahawk. It may not happen, but he has the, the sort of traits that they like at that position in terms of being explosive uh, and just being kind of a pure runner versus, you know, just a pass-catching type back uh, in terms of what he brings to the table. Zach Evans, I think, from Ole Miss, another guy that kind of has that sort of later round uh, prospect that kind of can translate to the next level. And Evan Holt from Northwestern is probably one of the more underrated running backs in this particular draft class because he has all the production traits you're looking for, has good all-around athleticism. Uh, and, again, he's somebody that people don't really talk about that much, but he's another guy that I think if he went in day uh, three again in the fifth round, sixth round area, goes to the right team, I think he's somebody who can really uh, be a beneficial uh, back for them and kind of do what they need to do to be a starter or a rotational back. That's going to wrap up part one of our discussion on the data surrounding the prospects in the 2023 NFL draft. This was the offensive edition. We'll be back with part two tomorrow where we will talk about all the players on defense. In the meantime, check out everything Jim is doing on Twitter at Jim Metrics. Subscribe to his Patreon as well. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome all 22 breakdowns courtesy of the Thunder from down under Luke Grant including the two newest Jets wide receivers, Mecole Hardman and Alan Lazard. Watch our videos, subscribe if you haven't already, youtube.com slash playlikejet. Visit our store, tpublic.com, that's tepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com, that's tepublic.com, and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital. PlayLikeAJet.com. 